there, my friend. <laughs> Welcome back to the Out of the Cave podcast with Lisa Schlossberg. This is me, Lisa Schlossberg, and this podcast is dedicated to helping you heal your relationship with food, eating, body image, etc. through a trauma-informed mind-body perspective. And as I was thinking about just kind of kicking off this episode, today it's just me, and we're talking about very important things today. Um, but before I kick off this episode, I just wanted to share this like cute little anecdote with you. Every single time I say trauma-informed mind-body approach, this is what I think of. So I, I want to share it with you so you can think about it too. <laughs> um, that is, uh, there was one day where I was sitting in, in my car having a conversation with a friend of mine, Roy. This is a shout out to you. Um, and I was telling him a little bit about what I do and I was just kind of riffing, like it was just coming off, you know, coming out of me. And I said, I ultimately finished my, uh, my monologue (laughs) with it's a trauma informed mind body approach to holistic health and healing. And he was just kind of like, what? Say that again? Slow down. Say that one more time. And I was like, I don't even know what I just said. What did I just say? It's a trauma-informed mind-body approach to holistic health and healing. And so he sat there for a minute and he goes, you need to make an acronym out of that. You need to shorten that somehow. And then we sat there and figured out that if we do make an acronym, it is TIMBA, Trauma-Informed Mind-Body Approach to Holistic Health and Healing. TIMBA. So... I just wanted to share that with you <laughs> because I think about it all the time and honestly think I should need to trade market sometime soon. So that is what we do here at Out of the Cave. That's what we're doing here with this podcast. It's a trauma-informed mind-body approach to holistic health and healing, also known from this point on as Timba. Thank you for coming on that journey with me. <laughs> now, having said that, how do we do this? Well, today is going to speak very directly and clearly about um, the way that I see us healing collectively and individually around our relationship with food. Because today I'm going to talk to you about the most important thing, I think, in all of this work. I really do think this is the most important topic there is, and we have made it here. And that is love and fear when it comes to what we're doing with food and eating in our bodies. This episode is really going to talk about why and how it's not about what we're doing out here in the physical dimension around food and eating and our bodies and exercise and all of those things. The much more important thing that we need to expand our consciousness to consider is why we're doing it. And ultimately, the most important is the energy with which we're doing it. Are we acting out of love or are we acting out of fear? Because when it comes to something like food and eating, as many of you already know and can really uh, you know, relate to, is the fact that we have to eat food every day. <laughs> we, there is no abstinence here. So if we have an emotional, compulsive, addictive, stressful relationship with food, well, the answer can't be cut it out. And the answer can't be abstinence. So what do we do there? Well, ultimately, the conversation then, to me, turns to, are you acting out of love or are you acting out of fear? Because that will have everything to do with how your relationship with food actually feels to you and whether what you're doing around food and eating is sustainable. So that is what today's episode is all about. So to begin the conversation, really, about love and fear, 
I want to bring us back to something that I've talked about many times already on this podcast that is the way that we define health because health is obviously probably at this point not just physical, right? So it does include our physical health, but we can really think of health holistically. That is, we have what I always go back to in my own teaching is a pie chart, a pie chart that is split six different ways. So we have our mental health, we have our emotional health, we have our spiritual health, we have our social health, we have our environmental health, and we also have our physical health. And there are other components of health. Sometimes I mention, right, like our financial health and things like that. But when it comes to health in general, we have to be thinking holistically or the, the rest of this conversation will not make any sense. So, so that's the important kind of starting point is that when we think about health, which is to say when we think about how to take care of our bodies and how to um, be in a healthy place mentally and emotionally in regards to taking care of our body, we have to understand that we're starting with a pie chart. And so that that's step one, okay? So thinking about the pie chart that is split six different ways, you're thinking of yourself holistically, right? Trauma-informed, mind-body approach to holistic health and healing. So we have to start there. You are the human being and you have all of these different parts of you. And the reason that it is imperative to start with that understanding is because, as we've talked about in previous episodes, there is a difference between weight and health. So right, weight is the number. Health is the pie chart, ultimately, just to make it really simple. So there's a lot of nuance there because one affects the other, and I believe that to be true. Um, however, we need to start with that distinction. So again, there are previous episodes where we're talking about why, why and how that is actually true. Um, but from this point, that's the distinction we have to make before we talk about love and fear. So from this point, you have in your mind the pie chart of holistic health. Okay. Now I'm going to give you another visual to imagine while you're listening to this. This visual has actually been created and uh, not only is part of my group curriculum, but it's also on my website for free. So feel free to go to outofthecave.health under the resources tab. There's downloads and you'll see this Venn diagram that I'm going to explain to you in words. But if you're a visual learner the way that I am, um, that's up there and you are welcome to download it. So if you are unfamiliar with what a Venn diagram is or you don't remember what a Venn diagram looks like, a Venn diagram, because that's what I'm going to share with you now in words, is um, two overlapping circles, right, where the middle um, is is part of both of the circles. <laughs> so I'm sure some of you that are like teachers are listening to this and I was like, there's a much better way to describe it. But it's like a circle and then another circle overlapping it and the middle is, you know, what what is true for both of the circles. I'm not doing a good job at this, but I trust that you guys know what a Venn diagram is. So, so the reason that I'm talking about it this way is because what I want to share with you is what I call the health versus weight Venn diagram. And again, if you need a visual, just go to the website and download it. But the point with the Venn diagram, and I'm going to just go through it really, that is on one side in one of the circles, that's the weight side. On the other side, in the other circle, it's the health side. And in the middle, there are things that are true for both your weight and your health. So if I break it down, some of the examples that I put in my Venn diagram that you'll see on the website is 
on the weight side of things, what that really means is that there are things that we can do to help get our weight to a certain place. So we're manipulating kind of the number on the scale. And they're not good for our health holistically. They're not good for our mental, emotional health. They're not good for our social health. So those are the things that exist on the weight side of the Venn diagram. Things that will help us get the number down on the scale, but are not going to be good for us holistically. And then on the health side of the Venn diagram, there are things that are good for our health holistically that we could argue are not going to help us get the weight off or bring the number on the scale down. So those are two things, you know, that um, they're mutually kind of exclusive, that things are either good for our weight or good for our health. And then there are those things in the middle that are actually probably good for both of those things. So some of what I put on my weight side of the Venn diagram are things like hydroxy cut. So sometimes I say hydroxy cut, people don't know what that means. Sometimes I say hydroxy cut and there's like a visceral reaction. So hydroxy cut is um, kind of like an old school fat burning pill that was eventually taken off the shelves because it was so absolutely dangerous for the human body to consume. So at a point, hydroxy cut was one of the uh, kind of, I think, most popular products for fat burning. Um, but after years of being on the market, uh, it was eventually recalled because the FDA was getting reports of liver problems and seizures and muscle damage and other things. So again, hydroxy cut is an example of something that sure, maybe it helped us burn fat and maybe it helped us get the number on the scale down. But obviously was not good for our holistic health if it's causing seizures and liver damage and muscle damage. So that's an example of something that would exist on the weight side, but not on the health side. Another thing for me that goes on the weight side and not the health side is something like an appetite suppressant. For me, and, and by the way, I have done all of these things. That's why I know this so intimately. Um, I have done the fat burning pills in the past. I have done all the appetite suppressants. I have done these things. Um, so I say this with no judgment at all. There's no shame or blame at all in me having this conversation because I have so fully been there. But another thing to me that we use with the intention of losing weight or just bringing the number on the scale down is something like an appetite suppressant. And the reason that I personally do not believe that that is really healthy for us holistically, well, there's a few reasons. But ultimately, if the body is hungry, right, if you're feeling an appetite, well, you can probably feel the way. I mean, it, it has the word suppress in the title, right? It's suppressing what is true for the human body. And so when the body has a need that is hunger, right? It's, it's communicating a need for food or a need for um, emotional attention, right? If we're emotional eaters or we have a relationship with food where sometimes we feel hunger, but it's more emotional than physical. Either way, um, we don't want to suppress it. We want to actually pay attention attention to it and get the need met. And so for me, um, appetite suppressants, which is really just kind of pushing away that true hunger and the true uh, cue, right, from the body, that's, that's not really healthy for us in the long run, especially if you're in a place where you want to, you know, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full and quote unquote, achieve intuitive eating. Um, appetite suppressants are not going to help us get there in the long run, right? So that's another thing that will go on the weight side of the Venn diagram. 
but it's overall not healthy for us. And lastly, uh, for the sake of this discussion, I always think that starvation is just a very black and white kind of example, right? You can skip meals. You can stop eating. You could put yourself on a really extreme diet. You can fast. You can do all of those things. And sure, you know, maybe they will help you get the weight off. Maybe they will help the number on the scale go down. But there are consequences to that mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, as well as physically. So we have to just look at it's not really a question of is the number on the scale going to go down because you could do plenty of things that are going to kind of manipulate your body, try to control your body, and they may really help the number on the scale go down. But what we're not doing there is considering how it's affecting our health overall, holistically. Uh, when we're operating from that place, we are defining ourselves by a body and a number and a shape and a size, not as a human being that has feelings and not considering ultimately the long-term effect, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, socially, of um, the choices that we're making to do something like hydroxycut or an appetite suppressant or a lifestyle where starvation um, or skipping meals or just not getting your needs met um, is happening. It's just we're not, again, considering our health. And so for many of us, this weight kind of mindset and approach has been so normalized, right? If you're anything like me, again, and you were told your entire childhood or adulthood, on some level, I think we all have been, to eat less and exercise more and look a certain way and control your body, you know, to get there. Well, a lot of these things are normalized. And they just kind of fall into our lap at some point. Like it's, you know, I, I know people that were doing hydroxycut as a preteen because that's just like what their friends were doing. Um, appetite suppressants because their doctors gave it to them, right? So all of these things, the reason that I'm pointing them out are not just because, you know, they're not really serving us in the long run, um, but also because they are so the water within which we swim being part of this kind of diet fat phobic culture. And that's what I want to put on all of our radar. So that is the weight side of things. Okay. Now, having said all of that, on the other side of the Venn diagram is the health side. So these are things that we could argue are serving your health. So they're quote unquote good for you in the pie chart definition of health. So what that means is that maybe they are serving your mental, emotional, spiritual, social health. Maybe they're even serving your physical health, but they're not going to necessarily, quote unquote, help you get the scale down. They're not going to help you lose weight, at least in the immediate, um, in an acute way. They absolutely will contribute to any kind of weight loss being sustainable and healthy because you're allowing yourself to have what you want. And that is a need, uh, right? Authenticity is the need. And so that's the health side is these things are good for us overall in health, but they're not going to contribute to weight loss in a very black and white way. Okay. So this is, I have to put in the disclaimer, this is a little bit of an oversimplification, but I think you'll get the point. So on the health side of things, I have things like snacks, right? So if you're eating in between meals or you 
even have like a craving for something that you just want to allow, right? Because you're not eliminating or restricting anything. You're not putting yourself on a diet. So part of health, again, from the pie chart understanding of holistic health is that snacks are part of health and holistic healing ultimately in your relationship with food. But at least the way that we've been conditioned to believe, they're not going to immediately get the number on the scale to go down. So many of us would avoid, right? We try to go to this place of eating as little as possible when actually, again, that's not really going to serve us. Um, But snacks are an example of what health looks like in some ways. Another thing in a different example is um, alcohol. So again, this is, (laughs) we could go kind of back and forth on the nuances here, but the point that I'm making is that if you are in a kind of diet mindset and you're focusing on your weight, well, one of the things that we tend to do is avoid you know, going out to have drinks with our friends, if that's something that you do. This is not an endorsement for you drinking alcohol if you, you know, don't already do that or don't have a healthy relationship with it. But I'm talking to the person who, you know, goes on some sort of diet and then cuts out something like a cocktail with a friend after work, even though that's something they really want to do and wish they could do or wish ultimately they felt safe to do. And so what I'm saying is in a healthy mindset, that is ultimately what we're talking about is balance, right? Is that it is healthy to understand that if you want to go out and grab a drink with a friend, you absolutely can do that because that is serving your social health. That's serving your mental and emotional health. And so it may, again, not in an acute, immediate way, help the number on the scale go down, but it is going to contribute to you feeling and being healthier in a holistic and balanced way moving forward. And again, a lot of this comes from my own personal experience where I remember uh, you know, at a certain point Point when I was in college, when all the weight was coming off for me, I got to a certain point where um, I, I was saying no to basically everything in my social life. I was saying no to going out for meals with people. Um, I was saying no to meeting with my coworkers over the summer. And then eventually I was saying no to anything where um, alcohol would be present because I didn't want to drink or be confronted with uh, the calories in alcohol. And so I just started making my life really small. And again, if we're talking about health, um, that not only is not going to serve you or feel good, but it also actually will not be sustainable. So so that's the kind of alcohol cocktail example. Um, and then lastly, on my, on my Venn diagram, I have chocolate cake, which chocolate cake could mean a lot of different things. But the point again is that if you are living in a really kind of rigid and restrictive lifestyle where quote unquote chocolate cake is not allowed, right? I can't have dessert. Well, the brain starts to learn that uh, something like chocolate cake is not safe for you to eat. And even though, again, you having dessert after dinner is not necessarily going to help the weight go down or the number on the scale change, Um, It is important to consider that we need to sometimes have dessert after dinner for the sake of holistic health and healing around our relationship with food. So all of these things, and again, something like chocolate cake, right, we could argue from a physical standpoint is not going to necessarily serve the body from a place of, uh, you know, it's, it's 
sugary, it's high in fat, it's high in calories, it's, it's, it's all of those things. It's not necessarily a quote unquote health food. Um, but we could argue that it is a health food, right? Because we need, because we're humans, because we're not robots. So that's, that's where, you know, there's, there's plenty of room and space for nuance, but, um, I'm trying to prove a point here. <laughs> Again, I think, I think you understand that that is the difference in a lot of ways between weight and health. On the weight side, we have hydroxy cut, appetite suppressants, and starvation. On the health side, we have snacks, alcohol, and chocolate cake. And just also for, you know, when I was working with a pediatrician and we made a kid-friendly version of this Venn diagram, on the health side, we had things like trick-or-treating, right, on Halloween, I I believe it is somewhat of a crime to not allow a child to do something like trick or treating on Halloween and then eat the candy um, that they that they collected uh, because they are not supposed to or not allowed because of their weight, shape, or size. So something like trick or treating would be on the health side of things, and that goes for adults too. Um, and then another thing that we put on there was nap time. Right. And that's also true for adults. That is, instead of being in that mindset of um, having to control your body and having to kind of go, go, go all the time, uh, make it to the gym and force yourself to work out, um, there is something really healthy about taking time to nap and rest and chill and not be in that kind of uh, energy all the time. And so, again, just making the point that. It's not just in theory that weight and health are different. It's not just when you're going to the doctor and being confronted with a BMI chart that you want to remember health and weight are different. But these are just some concrete examples of, of what that means and how, what does that look like when we're living a kind of weight-oriented mindset life versus a health-oriented mindset life. And to me, again, in a word, it is ultimately about balance. So now that we have both of the circles, the outside circles of the Venn diagram covered, where this conversation gets interesting and juicy, to me anyway, is the middle of the Venn diagram. So where those circles overlap. And in my examples and on my website, you will see that in the middle of the Venn diagram, I put things like salad and cardio. And so the reason that I say this is because Let's take something like a salad, for example. So a salad is ultimately, in a lot of ways, like a bowl of vegetables. And the reason that it goes in both parts of the Venn diagram, under weight and health, is because we could argue that a salad, a bowl of vegetables, is going to help you with something like weight loss, if your goal is weight loss. Because we know the things that are true in the physical dimension. That is, it's not just full of you know, micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, it's not, it is also, you know, a real whole natural kind of food that comes from the earth or combination of foods that come from the earth and are meant to be digested by the human body. It is also high in volume and low in calories, which means you can eat a lot of something like a vegetable um, without it, quote unquote, adding up to be very much calorically. And so that's why, um, on some level, we've all been kind of conditioned to see salad as a quote unquote diet food, right? So we have that belief system because it's been kind of given to us and we've been indoctrinated with that. And we also have the fact that um, it's true. 
that it is a healthy, natural, you know, source of vitamins and minerals and that it will serve our body and it will help us with something like weight loss. Again, in a without getting into the the nuances of it because right if we're if we're only eating salad and nothing else that's obviously not going to be good for us we don't want to take this to the extreme we don't want to be rigid about it a b c x y and z but the point is that a bowl of vegetables is something that will probably help us with our weight but the truth is also and this is what's really really important about it is that when it comes to something like a salad or vegetables in general the truth is that the reason it goes under the health side as well is because of all of those things minus that it's going to help you with weight loss. So it's full of vitamins and minerals. It is a natural whole food that comes from the earth. You know that it's the gas you want to put into your engine, right? When you think of yourself as the sexy little car that you are and you want to take care of your body, a salad and vegetables are going to help you do that. And so the most important thing about understanding this is that even if you are trying to gain weight, well, you should still, should, right, in quotes, you should still be making room for yourself to eat vegetables, fruits, the natural things that come from the earth that are going to serve your human body. So being able to disconnect the salad from the diet mentality, disconnect the vegetables from the have to or should or supposed to. Because that would be creating, and this is where this whole conversation is going, that would be creating the energy of fear, that you have to eat a salad in order to be good, that you have to eat a salad in order to feel safe within yourself or the judgment of other people. But so the reason that this is important is because whether you are eating a salad for weight or you're eating a salad for health, the point that I want you to walk away with and understand really deeply today is that the salad doesn't change either way. No matter why you're eating the salad and no matter what the energy with which you eat the salad, the salad is not different. So that's what we need to talk about. It's not about what you're doing and it's almost not even about why you're doing it. It's about the energy with which you're doing it. And something that many of you have heard me say before is that if you are eating a salad because you hate what you look like, you are taking a very healthy food and creating a very unhealthy experience. And that's where this whole conversation really is going. And that's what really matters about all of this is that the things out here that we can see, touch, track, measure, and weigh are not going to change whether you're coming from a mindset of health or a mindset of weight. So the most important thing for us to do where we have power is to wake up and ultimately raise the consciousness to expand again our understanding of the energy with which we are behaving, the energy with which we are making certain decisions, the energy with which we are treating our food, our body, the exercise we're doing. And so the other example is a cardio, cardio in general. Right. So exercise, it could be exercise in general, but I think cardio has, uh, um, has become way more associated with weight and weight loss. And so just taking cardio as the example, that is for many of us, we have been again indo indoctrinated to believe that cardio is for weight loss. And it's like that simple. And so for many of us, and I again can relate on a personal level, what that means is that we'll do something like walk into the gym. And if we get on a cardio machine, it's almost like our autopilot takes over and the thoughts going through our head are like 
we are signing up to put ourselves on a torture device. And it's just like, I don't want to be doing this. I should do this. I have to do this. I'm supposed to do this. Someone told me to do this. This is the only way out, right? And you can start to feel probably how we create the energy of fear around it because our brain, this is something Nicole Sachs says all the time, right? Around chronic pain, but our brain is taking cues from our conscious input. So our brain doesn't really know the difference between the treadmill and a saber-toothed tiger coming after you if you're perceiving them to both create danger. And so if we have a relationship with something like cardio that is all about weight, all about our shape and size, well, that's coming from a weight mindset. But if you consider that unrelated to weight, unrelated to the shape of your body, that again, even if you were trying to gain weight, well, you would still want to be doing some version of cardio, but why, right? Why? <laughs> if you're not doing it for weight, why are you doing it? Well, I, to me, it becomes a question of, I don't know, like cardiovascular health, your own well-being, your own longevity, your own ability to walk up a flight of stairs and feel comfortable doing that, right? There are reasons to do things like cardio and exercise that have absolutely nothing to do with your weight, shape, or size. And so again, the cardio is not going to be different. Whether you are coming from a weight mindset or you are coming from a health mindset, the cardio is going to be the same either way. And your experience on the cardio is going to be completely different because, again, you're a human, not a body. And the middle of the Venn diagram is really asking us to consider what is going on mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, environmentally, all of those other parts of health. Because if we want our relationship with food and eating and our body and ourselves to be healthy and sustainable and feel good while we're doing it, that's what we have to consider is are we coming from a place of love or are we coming from a place of fear? And so again, you can probably just feel and see how if we're coming from a weight mindset that we are doing things because we have to or should or we feel the need to change our body in order to feel a sense of control or a sense of safety, right? We can't solve an emotional problem with a physical solution. So if we're coming from that weight mindset, um, it very often is just automatically and, and kind of on autopilot creating that energy of fear. And because again, our brain doesn't know the difference between stressors, now it is the weight mindset that feels like a saber-toothed tiger to your brain. And it feel, that's what's bringing the cortisol, the stress hormone up, is the perception of the salad. It's the perception of the cardio. It's framing those things as things that you have to or ought to or should or are supposed to do, but we're not considering how it's going to serve us ultimately. And so again, if you start to think about, well, how do I, right, kind of reclaim healthy behaviors. Well, how do you eat a salad without feeling like you're automatically back on a diet? How do you do something like cardio without feeling like you're being punished and tortured at the gym? Well, the amazing thing about this is, uh, yes, it is, it is somewhat difficult to do. I will, you know, admit that a hundred percent. And the amazing thing about it is that we have so much power 
We have so much power here because the way that we can reclaim healthy behaviors that are going to serve us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically as well is to be aware of and really empowered around our mindset, the way that we are thinking about certain things. And again, the reason that we're doing it and the energy with which we're doing it. So I'm just going to walk through a handful of different um, examples of what this might look like for you. Um, and certainly, certainly how it has looked and shown up for me in the past. And so one of those is if you're eating a salad because your body is craving vegetables, uh, you know that it's going to make you feel good. Again, you are connected to the fact that these are real foods coming from the earth that your human body was meant to digest. If you're coming from a place of, you know, you're doing yourself a favor by choosing this kind of nutrition, you're coming from a place of love. But if you're eating a salad because you can't not or you don't feel safe to, you know, eat a different meal, well, that's probably coming from a place of fear. Similarly, if you are working out because you feel like moving, you have energy, you want to feel good. And again, even if you're doing it because you want to build a healthy habit because you know that your body is a hunter-gatherer by nature, and again, you're coming from the energy of doing yourself a favor by moving, well, that's love. But if you're working out because you're afraid of what will happen if you don't, that's very often coming from a place of fear. And again, there are nuances here, right? Because if you're afraid of what will happen if you don't exercise, meaning um, if you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing, uh, you want to maintain your balance and flexibility because you're getting a little older, you don't want to fall down and break a hip. Well, I would argue that that's also coming from a place of love, right? Not fear. But so it's it's um, there are nuances here and I will get into some of the kind of quote unquote nitty gritty about it. But just to, again, simplify, the most important thing is the energy with which you're doing it. And you can feel that, right, if you're going to the gym to exercise because you're afraid of what will happen if you don't, meaning you're afraid of the weight gain, um, that would be coming from a place of fear. But if you're doing it because you're afraid of what will happen if you don't, meaning you understand that you need to use your body so that you don't um, struggle later in life, well, again, it just comes back to you doing yourself a favor, doing future you a favor. Um, and I say that because sometimes I get the question of, you know, I want to take care of my health because I'm afraid of disease. I'm afraid of illness. I'm afraid of what will happen to me later if I don't. And that, again, to me, uh, you're thinking about how do you serve yourself? How do you help future you? And every time you're in an energy of doing yourself a favor, uh, making a sacrifice now so that you can benefit from it later, um, investing into your health bank account is sometimes the way I think about it. Uh, those things are still coming from a place of love, even though there is a concern or a worry or a fear uh, because those concerns and worries and fears are really ultimately connected to you and your own well-being and your own health and your own longevity. Um, I hope that makes sense. Uh, another example is 
if you are meal prepping, this is another one that comes up constantly. If you're meal prepping on Sundays, for example, because you have a busy week coming up and you want to make your life a little bit easier when things get hectic, well, that's love, right? You're doing yourself a favor. You're helping yourself out by creating some meals ahead of time. But if you are meal prepping because you're afraid of losing control without predetermined portions, right? If you don't feel safe to trust yourself around food, we're coming from a place of fear. You can probably feel the way that that's kind of controlling. Um, another one is, now again, this gets more nuanced, but if you are skipping carbs or if you're trying to uh, eliminate or um, not even eliminate, but just kind of be mindful of the amount of sugar that you are consuming, well, if you're doing that because eating carbs and eating sugar makes you feel sluggish um, or you are avoiding sugar because it makes you feel like a full-blown addict, well, that's love. I think if you're coming from a place of, you know, it, when I eat more sugar, I want more sugar, so better for me to just not really consume that much to begin with, right? Because then it will be harder for me to say no. It'll be harder for me to stop Um that's love. You're doing yourself a favor. It's kind of like, again, I like to compare it to someone who struggles with their relationship with alcohol, right? It's, it's kind of like saying, well, it would, it's better for me to just not have one drink because when I have one drink, I want two, I want three, I want four, I want five. And then I do really stupid things that I regret in the morning, right? It's like, okay, so it sounds to me like you're, you're looking out for yourself, right? You're using your self-awareness, you're using your personal experience, and you're telling your truth. That is, it gets harder for me to stop after I start, so I'm going to choose to not start, right? It's not restriction, it's not elimination, it's not a diet, it's not any of those things. It's just being self-aware and making a choice based on what you know to be true about yourself. Um, but again, if you are skipping carbs and avoiding sugar because they are quote unquote bad for you or you're in fear that they will make you gain weight, um, that's fear, right? Again, that's coming from a place of fear and kind of scarcity and control and trying to um, just kind of white knuckle your way through. Um, but those are very different. And the difference there is, again, not the action, but the energy of it. And lastly, if you're drinking coffee because you want a caffeine boost or you enjoy the taste, you just like coffee, <laughs> um, that's love, right? Uh, but if you are choosing to drink coffee because it has basically zero calories and you know that it will curb your appetite and make you feel full instead of eating food, that's fear, right? Now we're using coffee like an appetite suppressant. Um, so it's again, over and over and over again, it's not about what you're doing. It's about why you're doing it. And the most important thing is the energy with which you do it. And something again, some of you have heard me say, I think this is a highlight on one of my Instagram stories that is actions speak louder than words. Like we know that, right? So as I've said here before, you can fool other people but you can't fool yourself. You are a mind, body, soul system and you're a closed system of energy. So your actions speak louder than your words. And what that means, the same way that it's true in other relationships is that your actions speak louder than your words. So you could tell yourself whatever you wanna tell yourself in your thoughts and in your mind, but if you're faking it, 
you kind of know that. And what I'm saying is not even like a fake it till you make it kind of way, because sometimes that's really important and very helpful. Um, But when you're just plain bullshitting yourself, right, you don't even believe your own thoughts. You don't even believe the story that you're telling yourself. Um, You can feel that. And so your actions speak louder than your words. But the most important thing, the reason that I'm saying that here is because your actions speak louder than your words, but your energy speaks louder than your actions. Your actions speak louder than your words, but your energy speaks louder than your actions. Meaning the most important thing, again, if what we're going for is health and sustainability and ultimately safety, because that's what we're all going for, um, what that means is that we have to be extremely mindful, not of just our words, not of just our actions, but we have to also be mindful of the energy with which we do those actions, the energy with which we're saying those words. And the same way that uh, this is true around our relationships with other people, it is absolutely abundantly true in our relationship with ourselves, especially around food. Now, having said all of that, The next important thing is, well, how do I know if I'm coming from love or fear, (laughs) right? Sometimes it feels really obvious. And I'm sure with some of these examples, you can just kind of feel the difference. And you've probably been there, right? Where there are things that you could do because you want to lose weight. But the same exact thing is something that you're going to do just to take care of your health in the long run. And so the answer to the question, how do we know is it love or fear, right? If the salad's going to be the same either way and the cardio is going to be the same either way, well, then how do we know that we're doing it right? Well, this is where, again, so much of this work is really about expanding our consciousness, not just to understanding that, you know, we are energetic beings and we have to honor that and that we have thoughts and feelings and we have to honor those. But really, it is expanding the consciousness in a, in a lifestyle kind of way. As I said, you know, episodes ago, this is the lifestyle change that uh, I think many of us are looking for and have been seeking out. That is, we have to actually be present in the moment with ourselves and in our body in order to know what it feels like. Does it feel like you are coming from a place of fear or does it feel like you are coming from a place of love? And the only way to actually know that is to feel it. The only way to actually know that is for you to be present and in your body so that you can tell the truth to yourself. Does it feel like fear or does it feel like love? And again, that's why all of this to me is not just in theory understanding it to be different, but how do we integrate this into our life so that we can actually make changes mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, physically? How do we make changes in a way that feels safe and is sustainable? Well, we actually have to consider the way that we feel. That's the difference, is that if we're doing the thing where we're focusing on our actions, well, that's only going to get us so far because that's kind of like treating us like a robot. It's like, just do this, do that. But what this really implores us to do, what I implore you to do, is to start considering the way that it feels. Because again, the most amazing thing about this, you guys, I hope you feel this way too, that is we are wired, we are wired for love and truth. And so when you're coming from a place of love and it, it's automatically sustainable because what you're doing is getting your needs met and the reason that it works is because you're considering how you feel and you're honoring the way that you feel. 
And the other amazing thing about it is that if you're coming from a place of fear, well, not only does it not feel good, but it's really not going to help you get the goal, get your goal achieved. And again, if you do achieve it, um, it's probably not sustainable or it's not feeling good coming from a place of fear. So the amazing thing about it is that when we open up and expand our awareness to consider, how does this feel for me? How are these thoughts that I'm telling myself feel for me? How does this belief system feel for me? Well, that's our, that's really the path ahead of us. That's really the guiding light. And I think there's a lot of fear around listening to our feelings and honoring our feelings, right? Because the, the misconception or the misunderstanding is that if we tell the truth about how we feel and we honor our feelings, then we will quote unquote, never get anywhere or nothing will ever change. Um, and actually there is ample research to suggest the exact opposite. That is when we are bringing in the element of self-compassion, which is to say your feelings matter. I see you, I hear you, your feelings matter. When we make our feelings part of the experience, uh, we are actually way more likely to achieve our goal and again, have it be sustainable and feel good while we get there. Now, there's two points that I wanna make, probably two plus a million, but right now, uh, there's two points I wanna make about the whole love and fear conversation that just feel abundantly important. And the first is, and I feel... Uh, really passionate about this given that we are living in in the world of social media and you can go on Instagram or TikTok and uh, everyone has an opinion about you know what you're doing with your life and your body and all of the things Uh, the first is that no one can tell you based off of your behavior alone whether it's healthy or not right? Because now I'm defining healthy as coming from a place of love. When you're working from a place of love, you are operating with your mind-body system, not against it. You are um, really thinking about serving it in the long run. You're not thinking about controlling it and manipulating it. And so that's to me, that is what health is, is the health side of the Venn diagram, where yes, you can you know go out and enjoy a cocktail, you can have dessert after dinner, you can feel free to do all of those things because you know that they're safe because they're serving you holistically. Um, and you are also incorporating things like salad and cardio for the sake of your health, not because you're thinking about your weight. So again, no one can tell you based off the behavior alone if it's healthy or not because no one can know if it's coming from a place of love or fear. Now, there are some things that are just objectively not healthy for us, like something like, again, I'll use hydroxycut as an example because we know the consequences that that has on the body. But what I'm saying is if you're doing something like eating a salad or meal prepping or drinking coffee or uh, avoiding sugar, any of those things, no one else outside of you can tell you if that is a quote good or quote bad thing. No one else outside of you can tell you if that's healthy quote unquote or not because no one outside of you can know the energy with which you're doing something. No one outside of you can know if it's love or fear. You can know if it's love or fear. And so that's an important point because again, there's so much out there in our world right now um, where other people are judging the behaviors of other people. Um, And I just want you to know that as you go out, 
you know, into the world and you may experience some of that or be on the receiving end of some of that. Someone telling you that if you do this, it's a diet. Um, that's, that's not how this works because that would be ending the conversation at the behaviors or the actions, right? That would be looking at the salad and the cardio without having any idea why someone's doing what they're doing, what's going through their head while they're doing it. Uh, what is the intention and ultimately what is the energy with which they are operating? So no one knows that other than you. And again, there's the the disclaimer here that is, of course, of course, if you are doing something like only ever eating salad and doing an extreme amount of cardio, right? Well, that's not healthy either. All of this could be taken to the extreme. Again, been there very much myself. But what I'm saying is in an acute kind of way, if someone is judging your uh, your behaviors or your actions or your decisions or your judgments or your whatever, if someone, <laughs> what this comes down to is if someone else is making judgments about your relationship with food or what you're choosing to eat or not eat or the way that you're moving your body or not, um, it comes down to a boundary thing, right? Like you are the authority of your experience. And I think what very often happens here is um, we get scared, right? We've gotten really scared that I can't meal prep over the weekend because that's a diet. No, it's not. You know, it might be if you're using it that way and if you're doing it from a place of fear. But just because you're meal prepping doesn't mean you're automatically on a diet regardless of what that dietitian on Instagram said, okay? So that's the important thing about that. <laughs> and then the other important point to me is that Take it from, like truly, truly, take it from someone who has lived such an unhealthy, fear-based, weight-oriented mindset and, aka me, hi, um, but also has healed very much around food and eating and my body so that my lifestyle today feels very much like the health kind of portion of the Venn diagram. So I will be, you know, I'm happy to go out and get some cocktails with my friends. I'm happy to have dessert after dinner. Um, I'm, I'm happy to take a nap instead of go to the gym. And I also am mindful about feeding my body natural food uh, that has nutrition that's going to serve my health in the long run. So I do things like eat salad mindfully and deliberately. Um, I do do things like cardio mindfully and deliberately. And that's how I feel really safe and balanced and healthy and getting my needs met all across that pie chart. But the reason that I'm saying all that is because what is absolutely abundantly uncomfortable is that the weight and health lifestyle really look largely the same. And that's the thing that really not only trips me up, but I think trips up a lot of people originally when we're kind of having this conversation and getting into making these lifestyle changes is that there's so much fear around paying attention to what we're eating. There's so much fear around doing something like cardio. There's so much fear around something like meal prep because it automatically has been associated mentally 
with dieting and diet culture and coming from a fear-based place. And for many of us, myself included, there was a period of time, absolutely, where we were doing things like eating salad and doing cardio from a place of fear. And what I'm saying to you right now is that because of the way that we've done it in the past, because of the way that the culture has indoctrinated us to believe that we have to, should, or are supposed to do these things, and also because of the judgments from other people that we've seen over the last few years, um, there is so much fear around being mindful of what we're eating and moving our bodies in a regular way. And what I'm saying to you is, it's not the food or the exercise that is important. It is the energy with which we're doing it. And the most important thing to me about this conversation about love and fear is that you, as well as I, have power to reclaim these behaviors. We have power to say, I'm going to do something like eat a salad because I know that this is healthy, good for my body, my mind, my soul, all of those things um, from, again, a place of love. We have the power to say, yes, I'm doing the same thing I used to do, but it used to be from a place of fear and now it's from a place of love. I'm clear on why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for my own health, my own future, my own body. I'm not doing it because other people. And so it's, it's really more than anything, this is where, again, it becomes super important to be aware of yourself as a human that has thoughts and feelings and beliefs and a lived felt experience rather than just perceiving yourself as a body slash robot because the truth is that health and weight can look extremely similar sometimes and if you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle of a lifestyle of balance ultimately it is important that you understand that we need to take back the things that were once so associated with dieting and so associated with coming from a fear-based place because it's not what you're doing that matters. It is the energy with which you're doing it. So as you're considering all of this, the power that you have, again, kind of as you go into the week, just thinking about love and fear and how that manifests in your life and in your relationship with food, um, your, your role here, your job is really to stay awake, present and connected with yourself so that you can start to feel into the difference between health and weight, love and fear. Just start to pay attention to where are you actually coming from. And one way that you can do that is paying attention to the thoughts and the feelings that are coming up in the present moment, in, the, in real time while you are engaging with food. And again, when it comes to your power, if you're in a place where right now, right, every time you see a salad, it feels like a punishment or something like that, been there very much, it's an opportunity. You don't have to worry about changing your thoughts. You're going to think what you think, right? A lot of this is just kind of autopilot and conditioning at this point. So what we're doing is just bringing awareness to it, bringing some mindfulness to your honest, authentic experience. And if right now it feels like salad and cardio are punishments, again, been there, that's okay. And you don't have to change that. You want to be aware of that. And then in addition to whatever thoughts are coming up organically, because that's just the way it is for you right now, just meet yourself where you are. Tell the truth about that. Notice that. And rather than trying to change your thoughts about it, 
just see if you can kind of introduce another mindset introduce the mindset that you're actually doing something that's serving yourself. Introduce the mindset that you're doing something that's benefiting yourself. Even if it feels kind of uncomfortable in the short term, it's going to serve you in the long run. And just starting to think about the fact that you're making decisions based off of what is going to be good for you. And when you start to be mindful about that, really in a in the present moment when you are connected to the fact that it may not be exactly what you feel like doing right now but it is going to serve you in the long run there is the presence of love there is the presence of you getting a need met there is the power that you have to be clear that you may not always feel like doing the thing but even if you don't feel like doing it you can be coming from a place of love because it's serving you Because you're thinking about yourself, you're doing yourself a favor, you're taking care of the future version of you. So it's completely okay, right, to have whatever thoughts and feelings you have right now about whether it's the food or the exercise, that's okay. But also just start to introduce the health mindset, that is these things are good for you, ultimately. (laughs) And one thing that will help you moving forward as you pay attention to is it love, is it fear, well, Again, a lot of the things that are quote unquote good for weight loss are also just good for your health. Like they just are when it comes to something like salad and cardio, right? So when you're coming from a place of fear slash a weight mindset, it's you're doing things because your thoughts kind of tell you to. It's coming from your brain. It's coming from your mind. Um, and again, very often the autopilot of the indoctrination of diet culture. But when you're coming from a health place, you're doing things because they feel good to you or they will feel good to you. You will get the return on investment, so to speak. So as you are, again, just integrating this into your life, what you can do is continue drawing the awareness to how things feel. All of this is helping us ultimately embody our body, connect mind to body. And the reason that it is so uh, healing and connective is because if we are focusing on how it feels, again, we are incorporating our thoughts and feelings into the experience. But that's also how we can get clear on does it feel like we're coming from a place of love or does it feel like we're coming from a place of fear? And so what I'm saying to you is pay attention to how it feels, not just, you know, emotionally, but paying attention to how it feels in your body. How do your thoughts about the salad feel in your body? How do the feelings about the salad feel in your body? That's going to be a huge kind of uh, well of information and, um, and a guiding light ultimately because it's not just about how does the salad feel in your body. It's about what thoughts around the salad are there and how do those feel, right? So if you're eating a salad, just like imagine this right now. If there's a bowl of vegetables and what's going through your head is that you have to eat it, you're supposed to eat it, you should eat it, you're bad if you don't eat it, right? If those are the thoughts that are going on in your experience around it, pay attention to how those feel. How does it feel to have those thoughts? How does it feel to tell yourself that you need to do this in order to be good or in order to be safe or in order for you to be worthy of love, you need to be eating a certain way? How does that feel? 
Well, it probably feels uh, pretty shitty, right? Probably feels fear, fear-based. It probably is, it's, you know, on a physical level, maybe it's contracting or there's some tension. You can feel the stress there. It feels like you're not safe or it feels like uh, it, it's not, it's not a positive experience. At least it hasn't been for me. So that's what we want to pay attention to. And that's what I say when I mean, consider your feelings. It's not just consider your feelings about how certain foods are going to affect your body. That's important. And you do want to consider those feelings. But you also want to consider how does it feel for you to be talking to yourself that way? How does that belief system feel for you in real time? And if it feels scary, if it feels neglectful, if it feels like there's an energy of inadequacy and insecurity and it's causing you to contract, um, that's fair and that's valid. And what I'm saying to you is that matters and it's important. Whereas on the other hand, right, how does it feel to have the belief that you have power to take care of your health and your body and this salad is one way that you're doing it? How does it feel to think about the fact that this is the gas that you are choosing to put into your engine because you are a car and you wanna drive for a long time, right? How does it feel when you think about the fact that this is real food that comes from the earth that your human body was meant to digest? How does it feel to have that belief system? How does it feel to have those thoughts going through your mind and again, for me personally, it feels like love. It feels like safety. It feels like home. It feels like power. And all, in so many ways, it feels like freedom is I can eat whatever I want, but I'm choosing from a place of power to, to serve myself, to do something that is going to benefit me. And that feels expansive. That feels almost exciting. It feels powerful. And, and that is what matters the most. That is where all of this is coming from is that, again, it's not just about how does the food make you feel. It's about paying attention to how do your thoughts around the food feel? How do your belief systems around food feel? And if they're not serving you, which is to say they don't feel very good, consider that very, very important information because it is. So on that note, while I send you off into your week, that's what I want you to consider is also, you know, not just the thoughts and the feelings, but really, really at the root of it, the beliefs, the beliefs that you hold around food, certain foods, specific things, uh, certain kinds of exercise, maybe exercise in general, movement, right? Just examine what are some of those thoughts? And then also probably would be helpful to examine where did you get that? Where did you get those ideas, right? That salad should only be eaten if you're trying to lose weight. Where did you get the idea that you should only do cardio if you want to change your body? Where did they come from? Because they're not yours. And the amazing thing about it, using your own power, is that you get to insert a new way of thinking. You get to adopt a new belief system because the old has not been serving you and hasn't been feeling good, also hasn't gotten you, you know, where you want to be ultimately. And so just considering inserting a different belief system where you're coming from a place of health, you are moving from the energy of love, you are coming from a place of taking care of yourself and ultimately just looking out for yourself. That's what we can start to pay attention to. 
because our beliefs leads to our thoughts, our thoughts lead to our feelings, and our feelings very often lead to our behaviors. So if we want to, in a trauma-informed mind-body approach to holistic health and healing, understand what's going on here in our relationship with food and take our power back from the struggle, a lot of it, a lot, a lot, a lot of it is having the awareness, the presence, and the connection with yourself to really just start telling the authentic truth of what are your beliefs, thoughts, and feelings around the food. Let's not get distracted or stay distracted by focusing on the salad and the cardio, right? Or any of the other behaviors around food because that's really not where this conversation ends. So the next solo pod I do um, will be a continuation of this conversation. We'll get into some of the details and nuances of talking about love and fear and embodying love and fear. So um, have no fear. <laughs> this conversation is not over. But it's really it really is the beginning of the most important thing, I think. So having said that, if there are any questions, uh, thoughts, feedback, uh, anything that you want to share with me, please, please, please always feel free. Email me at lisa at lisaschlossberg.com. Always, always will be in the show notes for you. And lastly, um, if you are interested still in working together, moving through some of this work with me, um, the next group coaching program will be starting in May. So we have a few weeks left and a few spots left in the next cohort. So go to outofthecave.health, uh, find the work with me application, and I will be in touch with you to take it from there if that's something you're interested in doing. Um, all right, my friends, love and fear, baby. We are getting into the good stuff now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, so, so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Uh, last reminder, please remember to rate, review, subscribe to the pod if you are enjoying it. And with that being said, as always, I hope this is the best week of your life and I will see you next time.